Welcome back to the Kingsway Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we are loving to learn and learning to love. I thought you were going to say that last time, and I was like, yeah. learning to love. Learning to love, bro. That's a different podcast. <laughs> we are loving people better. That's what oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. We're learning to love people better, learning to love to learn. That sounds like like an iRobot thing. Teach it, me to love. It does. I always think of it as E.T. first because that yeah. came before. <laughs> Ow. Anyway, we are here doing a new segment. Actually, it's an older segment, but it's a segment we need to do because we've been yeah. in a Martell store for the last two weeks and we haven't referenced it once. Um, this, uh, robot, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this giant set of books behind us. Um, which you can definitely see on the audio version only of the podcast. We'll send you a picture in the mail. <laughs> the backdrop for our video on, on YouTube is where the context will be a lot easier to see. <laughs> but we have this massive custom made by John Flowers. Bookshelf. Mm -hmm. Woo He's doing a little like eye roll right now. I mean, yeah. it's really cute. Um, but he made this for Ryan because he evidently um, stole half of Mardell's books when he left Rolla. I bought them fair and square. Okay, good. Amazon was very proud of you. Yes. <laughs> well, he has a few books, and that has spurred uh, already in just a few weeks multiple conversations over heresy. No, over yes. uh, many good topics and over lots of things that we need to discuss. So rather than um, try to find every single book that you, we're just going to pick a few, yeah, talk through a few today. Um, you know, beginning of the year, March. I think this is where people actually start to get realistic about maybe wanting to try to read a yeah. book or two. You know, beginning of the year, everybody has a goal of like, I'm gonna read a book a day or a book a month or whatever. And then you know, by now they've like given up. So, by now they're trying to make it realistic. Yeah, like, I can read a book in the rest I'm of my read life. Read a chapter this month. <laughs> yeah. So. I just wanted to say, let's let's see if we can pick a few out that maybe are oldies, maybe are new, um, maybe a recommendation for each other, maybe somebody listening uh, might might get spurred on to try to, yeah. to read something. I am uh, an audiobook guy, so some of mine aren't in physical copy. As I told you, I have an audiobook library, a lot less impressive than your mm -hmm. physical one. Your but, phone is the same size when you buy all those books. doesn't grow. does not grow. does not change. It would have been a lot yeah. less impressive than Beauty and the Beast if he just scrolled for her. <laughs> Look at all these audiobooks. I got all these for you. It's a white room, blank void with one iPhone in the middle. You just scroll through audiobooks. With a pair of earbuds. Yeah. That would be incredible. So here's the way we're going to do it. We're going to do first one that we would recommend to each other that we have already read. That you're yeah. like, I've read this. This is something that if you're listening or whatever. And what's funny is I found one on your shelf that you haven't read yet that I was like, I've read that. It was one. <laughs> I don't know if I found many. <laughs> I was like, I better talk about that one. Yeah. Um, but... I, I picked Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. Um, it is by a man named Nabil Qureshi. Um, he is just an incredible, um, just kind of a, basically a transformation story from a devout Muslim to a devout Christian. And his story um, through that, um, highly, highly recommend, had a deep impact in understanding kind of the Muslim side of things. Yeah. and the family side of things um, and really helped me to emphasize it, or empathize I should say and understand a lot of why the journey from those two faiths or between those two faiths would be so challenging yeah um, and so highly recommended I think it's one of those books that I've I've probably 
recommended more than any other in the sense of it's a narrative and a story, but it's incredibly powerful. So I would say it's on your shelf. Yeah. At some point when you're not doing a master's degree and reading every other day. For yeah. <laughs> Um, you can check that out. And if you haven't read it, um, or the audio version is read by Nabil, I highly recommend yeah. the audio version because Nabil can read the Quran and read, you know, this Arabic and it, it is more beautiful and it's easier to kind of get caught up in the poetic nature yeah. of a lot of the things that he's talking about because he reads it himself. So, yeah. Um, a book that I read uh, that I think Trevor should read is the Bible. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> no, a book that I... <laughs> Ryan! Burn. Uh, <laughs> Let me write um, that down. <laughs> I, that's coming up on my performance review. Uh, I have two books, and I'm just going to mention one really quick because I love it, but it may not be for everybody. It's called Come to the Table, Revisioning the Lord's Supper. This the the nerdy worship ministry book that I would recommend. Um, it's written by a guy in our general denomination group, uh, Spartan Stone Campbell. Right? Okay. I'm there we go. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> somebody who's uh, close to our denomination. And it's just a really cool look at like how the early church celebrated communion. Um, and, and it does what it says. It's revisioning. Anyway, I, but I'm going to put that aside because that's, that's maybe for like two people. The one I actually want to talk about is The Divine Embrace by Robert E. Weber. Uh, Robert Weber's a worship scholar and has a ton of books on that kind of stuff. But this is his spiritual formation book. This yeah. is his Your Own Spirituality book. Um, and I loved it because I don't generally... They're not bad. But I don't generally like self-help style books. I don't mm -hmm. like books that feel like you could take half the sentences and put on a coffee mug. There's something about that that I'm just averse to. And... Uh, this felt a lot more substantial, which means it may not be for you. Um, but it but sounds it, academic. Yeah, it's a little more academic, it's a little more meaty, and yet still talks about your own spirituality, your own prayer life, your own uh, whatever. The name actually comes from, I think it's in the front of the book, and I think Trevor found it earlier. Yeah. Uh, it comes from the Book of Common Prayer, this, this prayer for missions, which I thought was really beautiful, and it says, um, Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. <laughs> so clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Hmm. Amen. So that's where that comes from. Jesus on the cross, opening his arms up wide. You on the audio version of this podcast can totally see it. His arms <laughs> open wide, and with that, like bringing us into a divine embrace of him and us modeling that in our arms being open wide. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love that book. There's a, a book by John Eldridge called Walking with God mm -hmm. um, that had a similar place, it sounds like, in kind of my yeah. So I'd be curious to kind of pick something up that would kind of have kind of that encouragement. I also read Soul Keeping by yeah. John Ortberg yeah. that had kind of similar things, but I haven't read one of those in a while, and so it might be good to pick something yeah. up that kind of has that encouragement side of things. The Walking with God, I think you'd, you'd really enjoy, because it's, yeah. it's totally from that garden picture where God comes to walk with Adam in the cool of the day, and then like how to recapture that. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a beauty in kind of that mindset where it's like, this is what God wants. He wants to walk with us, he wants to hang out with us, he wants to spend time with us. How do we yeah. recapture that? I always love the imagery of that, because in my mind, you know, when I'm a 
you know, with my wife or hanging out with friends. Like, we just want to hang out and be together. And like, yeah. I think there's a divine friendship and a divine ideal. Obviously, God being completely different than another human, but having that desire for a yeah. relationship is really, really cool. So, yeah. well, that's awesome, man. Um, the next book that we're going to talk about is something that we are currently reading or currently looking at. So, I'm going to my library very quickly <laughs> and I'm going to pull mine up. Um, I am currently in the middle of reading a couple different books, um, but the one that I just finished uh, that was probably, I, I guess I finished it a few months ago, but it's probably the book that I recommend the most, um, is called A Lament for a Son. And uh, it's by a guy named uh, Nicholas Walterstorff. <laughs> oh. oh, Nicholas Walterstorff. <laughs> he is a Harvard slash, uh, actually Yale professor that writes on many different things. He's a psychiatrist, but he had a son die in a tragic rock climbing accident. And his book is a pure lament on pain and suffering. Yeah. And it is a journal and it is a, it is sometimes a, just a cry uh, for help. But other times it is a desperate search for, for understanding. Um, and in the end, it is just a, beautifully well thought through understanding of what to do and why God can be trusted through deep pain. And uh, it's one of those books that I think is a treasure. It's short, um, but if there's any person in someone's life or if you yourself have gone through something very traumatic, stressful, or painful with uh, death or suffering, uh, I don't know how this book wouldn't be a treasure. I don't know how this book yeah. wouldn't be something that you would just go like, uh, I need to read that again. Uh, there are several things in the book that uh, I still think about and and process, and um, you know the, the the way that God basically utilizes pain um, is incredible. And so, um, one of the things that I, I can't think of all of them, of course, at the moment, but one of the things that He continually says is how pain is um, fully present promises of God, and how pain at first feels like it destroys the promises. But in the end, when you walk through pain, it brings the memories and it mm -hmm. brings hope and it reminds you of what you've lost. And so pain at first seems to be the tragic separation, but pain in the end ends up being the connection to the things that were lost and a deep understanding of why you cared. Yeah. And uh, it's a really cool concept to think of that, that pain at the beginning seems to be the thing that causes you to hurt the most, but pain in the end ends up being the thing that keeps you closest to the people you lost yeah. and keeps you reminding you of their good things and the things that, that have happened. So he, he, uh, you have to read it. Um, it's one of those like books that I, I definitely had moments where I can read all of it <laughs> once because it is very sad at times, but there are also moments where, you know, this, this is probably as real as it's going to get. So lament yeah. for a son. Um, and it, we'll try to put these in the, I think in the comments or in the, uh, and things so you can see, you know, the connections to these if you wanted to look at them. So what are you currently yeah. reading? Well, my I'm depressing also, book is over. I'm going to reference a book that's also on my phone because it's not yeah. here because it's at my house because I'm reading it. Um, but I'll try to hold this up to the camera so you can almost see it. Worship, Community, and the Triune God of Grace by James B. Torrance. It's a, uh, it's a classic from the mid-90s of um, is James B. Torrance lecturing on um, how the Trinity, how God being three in one, like affects everything, including worship and community. And, yeah. Um, 
And it's a short book. It's like 110, 120 pages, something like that. And in the book, he basically makes a case. Chapter one is like, uh, are, do we worship as Unitarians or Trinitarians? Mm. And basically by that is, what, what he's saying is, uh, like, like when we take communion, do we think of God as one one thing? There's so many words around like being or person or, mm-hmm. I, so I'm trying not to step on a, on a heresy landmine. Um, but like when we worship God, when we think of God, when we pray to God, do we pray to one thing or three things? And if we pray to three beings, mm-hmm. it changes a lot. Um, so like God is three in one. He is a perfect community of love all the time. He didn't create us because he was lonely, because he didn't have anybody, because he had, he is three people. Yeah, he had community yeah. already. It and was a further expression of that community, not not an, yeah. an additional need. And kind of what you were talking about walking with God is mm-hmm. like, that that picture of God and Adam in the garden walking together is a picture of perfect community. That's how he made us. Um, and so if that's the goal, if the goal isn't just get us to heaven, but if the goal is get us to God again, then like that changes how we celebrate communion. That changes how we take offering. That changes how we treat our waitress at Applebee's at 1230 on Sunday afternoon. That changes all these things because God is three in one. And because the goal of everything is to come back to God, yeah. to come back to relationship the way he made us. So I... Uh, sounds stupid. Yeah, it is. It's stupid. It was awesome. <laughs> that it's, sounds really good. It's a little heady, too. It's uh, You me, seem to go down the more academic side yeah. of things. Is that because you think you're in school? Or is that just more where your mind goes? That's because I think I'm better than everybody. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, I, I just love going down that, that rabbit hole. I love, like... Yeah. I, I just love it. Well, and uh, I, I say that sincerely because I have a brother that's yeah. more that way. Yeah. More, and I know you know Tyler, but he has more of an academic side of things. And our conversations are, it does feel like at times like my emotional side is like competing with his like heady side. And it's not a bad thing at yeah. all. It's just more of a like the call from like a John Eldridge book or like an Ern McManus book sometimes has the same to him as like an N.T. Wright book. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just kind of like, I, I don't get it. I got halfway yeah. through N.T. Wright's book and he said three words that I had to go Google. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> That's you know, just because so, he's British. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's a part of that, like that I know for, for you, that's, that's healthy. Yeah. That's a good new perspective. You and Jesse, I think have similar things. Me and John, uh, flowers have, I think, similar perspectives on what we read. I think we'll really enjoy, you know, yeah. kind of growing and challenging each other. So, what are you, what are you hoping to read, or what are you looking for next to read? I know obviously yeah. you have some things academically that you need to do. Yeah. You, but what, what's something that you're hoping to read in the new future that you would recommend or getting excited about reading? Yeah. So, yeah, whatever I'm gonna read next is whatever Dr. Danielle Franklin wants me to read next. But otherwise, <laughs> I have two books, but it's only because they're pretty much the same. Okay. They're by the same guy. It's the same topic. This one on the my right, your left. Uh, if you're listening, it's on your left. Um, <laughs> I, I need something to about that. Um, uh, it's on this topic. So the first book he wrote was called Salvation by Allegiance Alone by Matthew Bates. And then he kind of came back a year or two later with a book called Gospel Allegiance. And so it's around this idea of allegiance. Um, I've had somebody explain to me the idea of the book, and that made me want to read it. Okay. Um, but we're actually, we're, I was at youth group last night. Okay. We were talking through our Bible study, and some kid, uh, or John asked the question about like kind of an assurance of, of salvation kind of question. Yeah. How do you know? 
and this kid uh, was like, well, we'll only know at the rapture. We'll only know when time ends. And like, it's all, it's all set out there. And uh, I, I was like, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if you had like a little blinking light behind your ear that's like, you're good. Uh-huh. You're within the line. You're, you're, um, but that, that asks this question, like, how do we know mm-hmm. that we're safe within God's grasp? How do we know that like we're really Christians, that we're not like, yeah. like the whatever? Um, and this book takes faith, which in the Greek is pistis, and says it's not about uh, like belief like you would do on a survey. Do you, do you believe in, mm-hmm. in the Christian religion? Check. Okay, you're done. It's, it's, it's salvation, it's faith by allegiance. That faith better defined in a biblical way is allegiance. So, so that makes a difference in how you act. If you just believe something, but you marginally believe it or think it's a little better than other mm-hmm. options, it may not change anything about you. But if it's faith as in allegiance, it's like, well, uh, my money is going toward that, my time, and my thoughts, my energy, my priorities, my mm. worldview are all changing because, yeah. and so that's more of the evidence of... What does he do with the Gospel of John then? Does he turn that word into more of an allegiance definition? Like, I'd, I'd be curious what the Greek word yeah. that that John uses, because he's like, you know, I wrote this so all would come to believe. Yeah. And he kind of leaves it at that, doesn't mention baptism, doesn't mention repentance really all that much just kind of just like just believe and like that's enough yeah i'm I'm honestly curious i really am but i i totally agree with what you just said that's just the first thing that pops into my head so caveat one is (laughs) that these are books that i want to read so i haven't read it so you (laughs) can't explain to me the i can't defend (laughs) matthew bates to you um but i i would assume that he would he would say that it's the same for john as for everybody that that like this has nothing to do with you're on your deathbed and you're in your last moments and you're like okay I believe in Jesus so now it's, living it's, it out. it's it's like you have plenty of time you you have accepted Christ how does your life look and I think the the disciple John mm-hmm. would agree because he wrote that I I think in like the 60s 70s mm-hmm. AD which is after Completely the church isolated. has existed for 30 40 years mm-hmm. after a lot of Paul's letters have mm-hmm. been circulated. Yep. They've been figuring out how probably to be Christians for a long too. time. It's probably the last gospel, too. Yeah, one yeah, of yeah. Them, you know, so. so for him, all you have to do is believe. Mm-hmm. And then the other stuff's going to come in the other things. Like, he's just yeah. going to get the... I agree with you 100%. I mean, when we used to do kind of a foundations or faith thing here, we used to say, you know, when does salvation occur? Is it when you believe? Is it when you repent? Is it when you surrender? Is it when you express in baptism? Yeah. Like, when does it occur? You know, and like, yeah. is it is it at the moment your lips, you know, confess that Jesus is the Lord? Is it the moment you turn from your wicked ways? Is it at the moment you give him lordship? You know, yeah. like allegiance. Yeah. Is it at the moment where you go under the water and you come yeah. in? And we used to say the churches argued over that for centuries, millennial. And yeah. I said, why don't we just complete the process? Yeah. Why wouldn't we just complete the process and then we'll learn about maybe where distinctions need yeah. to come? I think what you're saying is complete that process, but then live as if you've completed yeah. the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> the you living as if you've completed the process is the evidence that you've completed it. Yep. Same exactly. way, I always make this this like gripe about people who talk about the fruit of the spirit, which we just kind of talked about in mm-hmm. Colossians. But I mm-hmm. think the real passage is Galatians something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, right. two or five. There yeah, you go, five. It gets Galatians into it. Five. five. But he lays it out like three different times in yeah, Galatians. Yeah. So the fruit of the spirit is the fruit of the spirit. 
Thank you, you, you don't buy it. It's not fruit that you buy at the supermarket. You yep. don't get the fruit without mm-hmm. the tree. You don't get the fruit without yep. the vine. Yep. The spirit is the vine. Yep. So if you want the fruit of John the spirit, 15. don't work on the fruit of the spirit. Work on you and the spirit. Yep. Work on abiding prayer in God, abiding, abiding. in God. Mm-hmm. And that and that produces the fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit is the evidence that you've been work. close to God, that yep. the spirit's working in you. Yep. But it's not like... I've worked on patience this week, therefore the Holy Spirit has to be over yeah. here in my heart. <laughs> yep, yep, and yep. So, so it's that kind of thing. It's like yep. allegiance is the thing that is driving your faith. Allegiance is the thing that can give you assurance. It sounds like we need to read this book. And it will work out. It sounds like we need to read this book yeah. at some point. I That, to me, is like phenomenal. I, yeah. I the, It excites me because I think down the road you're going to challenge me, and I think you'll challenge other staff members to to read and think about these concepts in new and fun ways. I, yeah. I know for myself, um, I have several books that I could recommend. Um, I have uh, 12, Lies for Li- uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Jordan yeah. Peterson, I'm very curious. Um, Jordan actually I was on a podcast just a week ago and said that uh, he's not a Christian right now, but he actually searching. And it was one of the, he like started to cry yeah. That he literally his confession was this res, this the revelation that Jesus resurrected from the, the grave that it could be true and he paused and started to cry. He said it would be life altering for me. Yeah. And this is a man that has incredible influence, incredible mind, has had uh really for years been a kind of a focal point in critical thinking. Yeah. Man, if that transformation happens, I'd I'd be really excited to see. So I'm I'm curious to, to read some of his stuff and then the other the other book that I've been uh, the trying to, to read is uh, changes that heal by Henry Cloud mm-hmm. uh, it's a boundaries yeah. and kind of um, psychology slash counseling book but I've been doing a lot of counseling and stuff and I at times need help in helping others and yeah. so I'm trying to get some good um, criteria in the back of my mind but again those are more tools in my ministry yeah. belt than it is uh, theology or yeah. or understanding of God so man this has been awesome yeah. I really enjoyed this, and I knew I, I knew this would be a fun kind of discussion. We will definitely talk more about this Mardell of a store in your office mm-hmm. and uh, the Beauty and the Beast one that's in my phone. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll hit uh, all this stuff again. Again, if you stuck with us this long, thank you so much. Hit that subscribe button or hit the like button. It helps us tremendously. Uh, share this with family and friends if you feel like it's worth it. Um, and we will see you back here soon for another episode. You have a great and glorious day in the Lord. We'll see you guys later. See you.